Good morning, good morning, Marie-Pierre. Did you see I took off my uh, my scarf? Because it always does. <laughs> Thank you, Anna. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to the podcast, The Millionaire of the Diamonds. I am so excited. I started doing something different. Uh, we, we're doing um, conditioning right now. So if you're not in the conditioning program, we have many different types of conditioning program available to you that you can purchase. So maybe Marie-Pierre, if you can put the link in the chat on our Zoom, in the Podbean and on Facebook. Uh, the conditioning program is extraordinary. So one of the first things we have to do is Tabata, an exercise program. Now, Melissa, did you see my dogs when I do the Tabata? They say, oh, legs. That means I can sit on them. <laughs> I'm going to have to find another way. Uh, but I decided on Maria Mariano Pro to also explain my conditioning, day one, day two. And I'm going to do it just for a while so they get the gist of it because a lot of people don't understand um, how we are programmed to think small, to earn five-digit income, to earn six-digit, and we get stuck there for the rest of our lives. So if I want to change the outcome, I have to change my programming, right? And that's where the podcast was born over two years ago. I know we, I have to read personal self-development books, right, Dorothy? We all know that. But there's a difference between reading the book and forgetting every single thing I read. And I promise you, all of you out there that read personal development books, I would ask you a question and you would probably remember one or two things. So I said, I need to take it to the next level. I need to reprogram myself. So if I went from five digit to six digit to seven digit income and going to eight digit, and I want to keep increasing that. Now, remember, if I don't build the inside of me, this is what Stephen Covey is saying. If you don't build the inside, you cannot succeed on the outside. So that's number one. So when people ask me why the podcast, The Millionaire of the Diamonds, it's, it's really egotistical. It's for me I'm doing it. And because I have an appointment, an appointment with you every morning at 8, it gives me no choice, Sandy, to read the chapter, write about the chapter, research the chapter, add some more that's information that's relevant, and then deliver it to you. Do you understand the real person that's benefiting the most from this podcast is me, okay? So I'm hoping somewhere it's going to trickle down. An example, Kendra, uh, when you become a director, maybe, maybe you're going to do something inspirational for your team once a week because it only um, commits you to getting ready. It's not really about the team, but because you're doing it for them, you're going to be the one benefiting from it the most. So from this, I like to tell young people like Anna, who's only 18, I keep, I keep telling my kids, make sure you're involved. Make sure you commit to projects because only those involved and committed 
will, ha will achieve higher levels of standards of living in their life. Now, Stephen Covey says, seek first to understand, then to be understood. We are in habit number five. If you don't have the book, of course, I recommend it. It's not an easy book to read, but I know for me, if I've been able to be married 34 years with Mohammed, and again, if it's the first time you're joining our podcast, I've been with Mohammed now 34 years, but keep in mind that we come from different countries, Italy, He's Algerian. We come from different religions. Even our food is completely different. Mine is red as an Italian. Him is brown. Okay. And we laugh often about this, but the only way that it has been able to work is always seeking first to understand, then to be understood. This, this is why I love this habit number five. Okay. Now, if it's the first time you are with us, Today, we're going to talk about diagnose before you prescribe in habit number five, right? It's many segments. Taking you back a little, even if you've heard it before, repetition brings conviction, and it also helps those joining us for the very first time today. We talked about empathic listening, communication um, with, with seeing through their eyeglasses. Remember when the doctor said the opt optometrician, well, wait, I'll call him the eye doctor said to Dorothy, here's my glasses. They worked for me for 10 years. And, and Dorothy puts them on and says, well, no doctor, I can't see anything. Well, what do you mean you can't see something, anything? Be grateful, be positive. You know, you can't give somebody your eyeglasses and think it's going to work, right? Remember that story. So we can't rush into fixing things by giving some good advice without having diagnosed first, okay? This being said, remember, we often listen on one of these four levels. We listen by ignoring the other person. So I'm, I want to tell you, 80% of the people that speak to me, most of them I ignore because I have to be very selective if I want to be listening to the right people and I burn myself out listening to the wrong people. Then when I get home, I don't listen to my husband. I just tell him when, when, when bad in my day. So I'm telling you this from the bottom of my heart. I ignore more than 80% of the people. Otherwise, I'm not going to have patience for my children where it counts. I'm not going to have patience for my leaders where it counts. When I talk to you, Dorothy, if I would be listening to 44, 42,000 consultants. When I get to you, how am I going to listen to you? So yes, we're going we're gonna to sometimes ignore. Sometimes we're going to pretend to listen. My, my niece, Juliana, is so talkative. When she walks in my office and, I, and she's staying with me all day long, you have to understand she's a motor mouth. She has triple A batteries in her mouth. And she comes in and she starts. So in this case, I'm going to pretend a lot of the times to listen with, uh -huh, mm, really, really. And then if there's a, a word that really captivates my attention, then I'm going to turn and I'm going to be a little bit, number three, selective listening. Only hearing certain parts of the conversation. Let's say she's, and she hurt me. Boom. What do you mean she hurt you? Because the word hurt caught my attention. You understand? Or she'll say, she'll, I hate myself. Boom. Selective listening. Like I'll pick up on those words, right? And the fourth way I listen or we listen is attentive listening. But this, this is not fun. You know those people that pick on every word? 
the person is talking, what, what do you mean you were mad? What do you mean you were mad? Okay, that's a little bit too intense. So I say back up a little bit and let's do the fifth type of listening, which is empathic listening. What do I use empathic listening when I'm listening to my husband, my children, uh, my family members like P Patty, my sister, my brother, my sister-in-law, and my leaders? My 2080 and my 8020, I practice empathic listening. For my sales force, they have to go to their directors. Because once again, if I want to do this right in my life, I need to decide where I stand on my ex, right? So from empathic listening, what happens is I, I, I listen. I'm listening from the other person's frame of reference. I'm looking through, I'm looking out through her eyeglasses or his eyeglasses. You see through their world. Uh, you see through the way they were raised. You understand through their paradigms. You understand how they feel. You fully, deeply understand that person emotionally as well as intellectually. And this is why you can't be listening to everybody. Okay? You can't. You can't. You can't. You can't. You have to absolutely decide. Okay. So there's four styles of communication that we've learned. We evaluate. Now, very important, we either agree or disagree using our own experience as reference. The second way we communicate is by we probe, asking questions using our own experience and reference. So you're going to really love the podcast today because Marie-Pierre is going to give you the tools to do it right. The third way people communicate is we advise. Again, we're giving advice based through our own experience and references. And the fourth way, 99% of the people do it, we interpret. We make assumption about their motives using our own experience and reference. And you've got to understand that this only creates fights. Okay? My husband is frustrated because I'm, I'm, I'm talking through my reference, being Italian, Catholic, you know, and having lived, you know, 99.9% .9 of my life in Canada. So it's, 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 you need to do it differently. And I'm going to give you a nice story that I read in the book that I really think will say it all. So Stephen Covey and Sandra, his wife, have a, a newborn baby of two weeks old. And the baby has diarrhea and high fever. They live in a village. Okay. And tonight, the doctor that's, um, I don't know how, what's the, what's the English word? Hang on a second. You know, there's one doctor that's, 24 hours of service, okay, whatever it's called, somebody's going to end up giving me the right answer here, uh, is right now on call. Thank you, Kendra. I, I was waiting for the answer. Uh, the doctor who is on call is not their doctor, but it's the doctor of the village. He's at the world-renowned baseball game, but he's on call, right? So they, Sandra calls the doctor and says, doctor, doctor, my daughter has diarrhea. She has fever. And she best describes to the doctor what her daughter has. The doctor at the baseball game says, okay, which one is the pharmacy closest to you? I'll send a prescription there. Hangs up the phone. Stephen Covey says to Sandra, are, are you sure he understood that, that our child is a newborn? And, and Sandra says, yeah, I think so. He goes, well, how would he know our daughter is a newborn? It's not our doctor. It's the doctor on call. And then Sandra went silent. 
said, and Stephen says, why don't you call him back and mention she's only two weeks old? And Sandra felt uncomfortable. She says to Stephen, you do it. So Stephen calls back the doctor and the doctor again in a hurry. Yes, yes. He says, it's Stephen, Sandra's husband. I don't know if you know that my daughter is only two weeks old. And immediately he exclaimed, I gave her the wrong prescription. You see, he didn't know she was only two, two weeks old. The, the, prescription, the prescription he gave would have damaged instead of helping. And a lot of times this is what we do. So I loved this example. This is principle. This, this, this is the same thing that happens in salespeople. You know, they're giving you uh, uh, a product through their understanding. They don't ask you, do you need this product? So they're only giving it to you through what they seem to understand. So doctors is the same thing. Salespeople, a professional salesperson will seek to understand the need of the consumer, the concerns of the consumer before prescribing a product. You know, I've done that many times. I sell Tupperware. I'm not going to sell somebody the gigantic fridge smart when she's living alone. You know, the vegetable keeper, what does it give her? Because we all know if there's one apple and a huge vegetable keeper, it's not going to keep any longer. So we have to to be professional. The amateur salesperson just pushes product. The professional sells solutions. This is what the professional salesperson does. The professional learns to diagnose how to understand. This is what Marie-Pierre is going to cover in a few minutes. He relates people's need to the product and he has the integrity to say, my product or service will not meet your needs. Okay. The professional lawyer will prepare his case by being the offensive uh, lawyer first. If you want to win on one side, you have to write your 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 um, your attack, I call it, on the other side, okay? The, the, the product engineer will ask customers, what do you need? They don't just design products to design products. You have to find out what the consumer is needing. The engineer must understand the force and the stress of building a bridge with so many feet long. He can't just say, I'm going to build a bridge. There's certain information he needs to know. Mothers and fathers, we need to have the same thing. What's happening really with our children? And the good teacher needs to assess the class. I mean, there's a difference by being a teacher in the West Island of Montreal, where all children come from homes with a household incomes of over $250,000 a year versus being a teacher in the center, center south of Montreal, where the average income is $15,000 a year. They can't teach the classroom with the same paradigms. It's two different worlds. And I know that teachers listening to me, you understand that. So Marie-Pierre will help us with how to ask the right questions. And I'm so excited for this document. And I really hope you're going to go on the, um, the Facebook group, uh, inspirational group, the Millionaires of the Dimes. If you haven't joined yet, there's so much rich documents on that group. You have to be part of it. And it's bilingual. Don't fall on something French and you say, oh, my God, everything is French. It's bilingual. Scroll, scroll. You'll find the French, you'll find the English. If you find the English first, keep scrolling, you'll find the French, okay? We're a community where we're joining West 
and East together in one melting pot. Okay, so Marie-Pierre, take it away. <laughs> Thank you, Maria. Yes, you will find a lot of documents that we cover in the last weeks. And of course, the one for this morning, I will drop the document on the group. So if you are not on the group, just like Maria said, make sure that you are on the group, Les Millionaires des Aimants Inspirational Group. So before I start, I want to make sure that if you haven't shared yet, it's the time to share the podcast this morning. So make sure that you share uh, if you are on the Facebook Live, if you are on Podbean, everywhere. It's uh, great to share because we have this uh, mission, this vision of building a thousand millionaire. And the way we will achieve it, it's when we can reach more people uh, organically. Not not manipulated with the uh, stuff on the social media. So thank you for sharing every morning. So yes, we have different kind of question we can use when we want to do a diagnosis. So the first kind of question is open question. The second will be control question, and the third it's confirming question. So let's start with the open question. So open or open-handed question do several things. So they will invite the other person to talk freely and respond from their experience, knowledge, and point of concern. And they will earn the right to ask a control question too. So empathetic, sincere, open questions are comfortable for the other person. They can answer this question any way they want. So Usually, they will respond well to open-ended questions because they are non-threatening. So make sure that, yes, you use open questions. So in the open question, that's the big part in the diagnosis. So the, there's different kind of questions you can use in open question. So, for example, there's conversa conversation starter. For example, what created this situation? What assumption have you made about it? What more do we need to know before we pivot or take alternative action? What makes this situation, situation so challenging? And what would you like to see happen? So yes, there's more. You will find it on the group <laughs> because we have a lot of questions for each kind of um, a part. So the other kind of question is for conf confidence booster. So for example, how can you turn this challenge into an opportunity? How can I help you bring a successful resolution and a positive outcome? How can we turn this setback into a victory? How can we think outside the box or pivot on our approach? Other kind of question, it's team builder. For example, how can we collaborate with other team members to come up with a more comprehensive solution to this challenge? Who in the organization can you speak with who has the expertise in this area? Another kind of question, it's performance reviewer. So what's going well for you and your team? What can we do differently to achieve a better result? How would you assess your success in meeting your objective on this project? 
So it gives you a few examples. There's 20 questions in total in this document that I will drop on the group. So it gives you an, a few examples on how you can use open question to start the diagnosis. The second part is the control question. So yes, control question are basically the same as closed ending question. So we prefer to use the term control question because it better describe the approach we are asking to use. So closed question tend to be answered with a yes or no, whereas control question tend to elicit more completed res responses. So control question might be, is it because dot dot dot? If it is, how much or how often? So control question guide the, the, uh, the direction you want to your diagnosis conversation to go. So control question seeks specific species of information in specific area. So they will help to diagnose, lead and develop uh, the, your vision. And number three, the third <laughs> way is the confirming question. So the confirming question ensure that both um, parties are in sync. So an example of a confirming question is, so from what I've just heard, you said dot dot dot. Did I understand that correctly? So confirming question just summarize um, your understanding of the other person responses. So you demonstrate your ability to listen and show empathy and exhibit um, exhibit your expertise. So good confirming question help to really um, diagnose exactly the other person what they need. So after you have a meeting with someone, now ask yourself those three questions to make sure that uh, yes, you did a good diagnosis. So did I understand what was going on inside the other person? Did I get the inside the other person's frame of reference? And did I fully, deeply understand that person emotionally, emotionally as well as intellectually? So if you can answer yes to those three questions, you know that you really did a good diagnosis before you prescribed something uh, at the end. I love it when Marie-Pierre, you explain something. This is why I call her my astronaut. Did you see that? Everybody that I can see on Zoom, isn't it clear? Isn't it clear? Now, remember, practice, 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 practice. And the more we practice, the more it becomes second nature. And don't you want to be that person that everybody says, oh, I know Dorothy will always understand me. And yet, Dorothy, you're bringing her to to be a better version of herself. And yet you're bringing her to level up. And yes, you're bringing her to believing more in herself. So I look at people today like Annie Marchand that came in negative money because they were full in debt. And then they walk in here and you listen through their eyes where they're coming from with their perspective. And then slowly, 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 they get out of debt. They start buying a home. They become mortgage-free. And next thing you know, they're earning over a million dollars a year. That's the power of empathic listening. That's the power. Don't you want to have that power on your children? Don't you want to have that power on your spouses? Don't you want to have that power with the people you work with? Okay. 
And I, I, and I know that everybody's answering yes, 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 yes. So it's a must, like, it's so important. It's so important to seek first to understand, then to be understood the right way. Tomorrow, 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 we're going to share four automatic responses we have through our own autobiographies. And by the way, I did a sneak preview in, in tomorrow's subject. And I, my God, I'm going, oh, I do that. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. I do that. You know what's the beauty? When you know that you're doing something you're not supposed to do, I can correct it. But how could I correct something that I don't know I'm not supposed to do? So please join us tomorrow and make sure you come in intentionally and you're going to be leaning in to take notes. All right. Love you guys. Happy, happy Thursday. Bye, everyone. Bye.